LeBron will win another chip. LeBron will win another chip. LeBron will win another chip. Now that my voice is warmed up, welcome back to We Want Our Sonics Back. I was about to say We Want Our Lakers Back because that's kind of how it's felt the last couple of weeks. But welcome back to the podcast. I'm Dean. I'm Danny. And this is it, man. This is what all of the bubble has been leading up to. We know who will be in the NBA Finals because they're starting tonight. Uh, we're dropping this a little later than usual. Had some moving happening this weekend. So, um, yeah. Are you excited, Dan? I am very excited, but not excited because this is the end of the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Like, they've been so fun so far. Just been so enjoyable to watch, and now... Yeah, and it's like come the at, end. Yeah. And it's come at like a weird time in the world. And it's just been like, here's like this little bundle of joy that you can have in the midst of like the worst year ever. Here's some beautiful basketball. And and I feel like, you know, now that that little bundle of joy has has grown up and become his own person and we're about to send him off to college, you know? But here's another question. Did you have any doubts that this day would come, that there would actually be an NBA Finals this year after the COVID shutdown? Oh, for sure, dude. Like, I wasn't sure that it was going to happen until, like, the first game played. I, I still was like, ah, uh, something's going to happen. There's going to be cases. And at the time, Major League Baseball was having their issues getting off the ground. And so I was like, oh, it's just going to get shut down. And then with all the like the Black Lives Matter stuff, I was sure it was going to get shut down. Even last week, uh, you know, the Brianna Taylor stuff, I was like, all right, are we going to still have basketball? But yet we've had it. You know, we had a, a little scare of a couple of days not having it. But we are finally here at the NBA Finals. Lakers, heat, it's going to be real good. Uh, yes, it should be. But before we get into that, that's what we're going to spend the majority of our time talking about. But uh, to follow up on our last episode, Dan, uh, we got into it about the Clippers. Uh, we had a lot of thoughts about Kawhi and Paul George and, of course, Doc Rivers. And then yesterday, Woj dropped another Woj bomb and Doc Rivers is out. He is no longer the coach of the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, how surprised were you to hear that? Um, I was actually really surprised. Like, I, I thought they would at least give him one more season. Uh, you know, I realized that he's, you know, this isn't the first time that he's dropped a 3-1 lead as a head coach. So I realized that there would be some blowback on that, but I was really expecting that to be like behind closed doors. And then maybe like in a couple months, we would hear about like the arguments and stuff that happened. Uh, but that we as like the public as fans 
like we wouldn't know what was going on. Um, but yeah, he got, he got fired. It's crazy. I was not expecting that. Were you? Uh, no, I was not. I mean, obviously we talked about it in the last episode. I talked about that some of the blame needs to be put on Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. I had no expectation that he was going to be fired. Because Doc Rivers is just such a well-respected coach. Just by just among NBA players and among people in the NBA in and of itself. So just the yeah. fact that he is out after one year of experimenting kind of with this super team, if you want to call it that. Well, I mean, I think the Nuggets would have something to say about that. Well, yeah, but, I mean, on paper, it's a very good team. Yeah, they definitely underperform, for sure. And, you know, since I'm talking about this, do you know today marks, Dean? Today marks the ninth day of being in my house. What? One year ago today... On this same day last year, this Paul George quote that I think I should, I should just read. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's hear One year ago today, Paul George said, two guys that can go and get a bucket, two guys that can stop you from getting a basket. And talking about him and Kawhi. Boy, that yeah. was the exact yeah. opposite. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, they can stop people from getting a basket. That's true. Unless that person is named Jamal Murray or Nikola Jokic. Anyone else, but... (laughs) Pretty much. I just thought I had to share that quote with everyone. Yeah, that was also from the interview where he was talking about them being elite, right? Yep. Yeah, that was... uh, Looking back on that, it did not age well. (laughs) Like, Paul George might be... You know, we, we had that podcast when, uh, you know, waiting for the bubble to start. And we were talking about the most overrated players in the NBA. And I think I would have to change my answer uh, from Aaron Gordon to Paul George. Because the Clippers leveraged their entire future. So they put it all on Paul George. They were betting everything they had on him. And I mean, what was it? 10 points that he scored in that game seven. Yeah. I think that sounds about right. I don't know the exact stats off the top of my head. Yeah. I think it was 10 points, Paul George, 14 points for Kawhi Leonard. Elite. But at the same time, Kawhi, uh, you know, he was doing a little bit more in the other games than Paul George. Um, but yeah. And now, they they decided to use the easy scapegoat and just get rid of the coach. Um, I don't agree with that. I, I think that Doc Rivers is a good coach and that he wasn't given probably the time needed to get this team to gel. Uh, but who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with the Clippers? Might be a totally different roster next year. I've got a sneaking suspicion that uh, we're going to see some big changes there. Uh, yeah, well, it's all what their GM Kawhi Leonard wants. Pretty much. Well, that, that leads me to a question. Um, what do you think now? Cause we've seen it with LeBron James, you know, LeBron wanted AD and they gave up a lot, including Brandon Ingram, a budding 
I, I, I would put him on, yeah, superstar level. Um, they, they gave everything basically to New Orleans to get AD basically because LeBron wanted it. And so we've seen like players basically act as GMs. Uh, do you think that we're going to stop seeing that after Kawhi has proven to be one of the worst GMs of all time? Um, yes, I will think we more we will see more player GMs because it's all about keeping that star player happy, and owners want to do whatever it takes to to keep their superstar happy, or they'll just leave or demand a trade. And Kawhi Leonard is like that. Yeah, I mean, he's proven that. He's willing to walk away from a good franchise if he doesn't get what he wants. Uh, he did it in San Antonio, and he did it in Toronto. And, I mean, like, you just think about it. What if Kawhi had stayed in Toronto this year? Uh, I think we would be seeing the Raptors in the NBA Finals. And who knows if they'd win, but... Uh, I think it would have been a far better team than what ended up happening with the Clippers this year. But uh, I don't know. It'll be an interesting case to follow. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Steve Ballmer does because he's, you know, he leveraged all of his future because Kawhi wanted to play with Paul George. And now they've gotten rid of this great head, well, maybe not great, but good head coach um, because Kawhi, you know, didn't want him there, basically. I, I think it would come down to that. That's not confirmed. But if Kawhi wanted him there, he would be there. Uh, and now Kawhi has got basically this season. And then he's he could be a free agent again if he wants. And, and so basically he's put all the pressure on Steve Ballmer and the organization there to give him what he wants. And so I'm, you know, you're saying that you, you think that you'll see more of it. I, I think that maybe after this year, depending on what happens with Kawhi, that maybe we will see less of this happening because owners will want to defend themselves against that, that superstar. Maybe I could see that a little bit, but I just think the owners still want to keep the players happy. They want to be known as giving the players what they want. Yeah. So it, it's a tough line for owners to walk because obviously Kawhi Leonard is such a great talent. But at the same yes. time, when do you put your foot down and say no? Like, hey, I'm not, you're not the one who runs this team. I run this mm -hmm. team. You don't, Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll find out where that line is this year with the Clippers, uh, especially coming up next summer. We'll see what happens. Uh, but let's talk about this year because we have the Los Angeles Lakers going up against the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. Game one starting tonight. Um, I have received breaking news. Oh, what is that? Doc Rivers is going to meet with the 76ers. Oh, I mean, that's not really newsworthy, is it? <laughs> well, I, I mean, we were talking about Doc Rivers, and then I just got an alert. Yeah, I mean, like, everyone's going to be getting into it, right? Like, uh, D'Antoni, you got so many coaches now. We talked about it last episode, but you have so many coaches now 
that are out there. You got Alvin Gentry, you got Mike D'Antoni, you got Doc Rivers now. Then you got, you know, uh, Ty Lu. you got Sam Cassell. You have a bunch of other guys uh, looking for these head coach positions. So there's going to be a lot of musical chairs. I, I mean, I could, I could see Doc Rivers being the head coach for the 76ers. Uh, I think that would be a much better fit than Mike D'Antoni, who seems to be like the lead candidate so far. I mean, it's Doc Rivers would certainly be better than what they had in Brett Brown. Mike D'Antoni would suck yeah. as the head coach there. I think then you're going to have players unhappy left and right. Oh, you're going to have Joel Embiid being unhappy. I mean, because he's one sure. of the biggest personalities in the NBA and probably one of the biggest crybabies in the NBA, too. Yeah, yeah. Got a point. But, I mean, I could see Ben Simmons running that run and gun. Uh, offense. I can see that happening, but I cannot see Joel Embiid running up and down that court like Amari Stratemeyer. It's not going to happen. No, I mean, Embiid's knees are already weak, and he can't mm-hmm. play more than 30 minutes a game. So, Well, that's, that's the breaking news, but let's get it to the matchup here. What do you think is like the key matchup with the Lakers and the Heat? Um, I think a lot of people would say, oh, the key matchup has got to be Jimmy Butler versus LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Well, that is key. It's not like the biggest key matchup to say or whatever. I think the yeah. key matchup that I'm excited to see is Bam versus Anthony Davis. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's what I got in my notes here. It'll be interesting to see who can stop who. Yeah, because, I mean, both are very good players. Obviously, one is better than the other. And, bam, just kidding. <laughs> Anthony Davis. Oh, the, them's be fighting. Yeah, we're not Daniel. just wait until we talk about LeBron James. Oh, man. Let's um, <laughs> I just think that, you know, in the last series, no one can guard Bam out of bio. I mean, he was just. He was single-handedly taking down that Celtics team, man. Like, just the last game, wouldn't mm-hmm. he have, like, 35 points? Yeah. Yeah, I think he was the, the first player since LeBron, so, like, 20 – I don't even know when that was, like, 2014, to get over 30 points and over 10 rebounds in a game – in a playoff game. Yeah, and also a key matchup is Bam Adebayo has been known to get in foul trouble. Anthony Davis, we saw it in the last series. He got Nikola Jokic in a whole lot of trouble. And so I think that if either one of these guys can get either of each other in foul trouble, that's going to be a big advantage for one team. Because, And as good of a a shooter as AD is, like if he gets in – like if he gets Bam to foul him a whole bunch – that's a huge advantage for him because he'll knock down those free throws. Yeah, if AD can make his free throws like he has in the past with Bam in foul trouble, no one else on that Heat team can really guard AD. I mean, unless you want to yeah. put Jay Crowder or Jimmy Butler, but obviously you've got to think Jimmy's going to be guarding LeBron, right? I mean that that's I think the most obvious thing is I mean Jimmy Butler is 
like up there with Kawhi as far as like one of those great two-way players. And uh, I think that they will definitely. And I mean, like Jimmy has shown with his personality too. uh, He's not going to let anyone else guard LeBron James. He's going to be on LeBron James for sure. And, you know, I don't think that he's going to be able to stop LeBron. Um, I mean, especially throughout these playoffs, LeBron has shown like year 17, he hasn't really lost a step. Um, but he's going to do probably better than anyone else at stopping him. Well, right. And I mean, if you look at these like whole playoffs and just each of the Lakers series, they didn't have anyone who can guard LeBron James and match up with him kind of size wise. I mean, they had Gary Trent to Carmelo. Then they had whoever guarded him in the Houston series. A lot of people guarded him, and they all sucked. And then in the last yep. series, you had Jeremy Grant, who he just bulldozed his way into the lane. Yeah. And again, surprising. Like, we talked about this off the air, but it was just so surprising to see them not put Paul Millsap on LeBron James, especially when he started, like, Beating up Jeremy Grant, basically. Well, Paul Millsap is like 95 years old. I mean, he's so slow. He needs to be in the nursing home. Yeah, yeah. Still getting paid, though. He is. A very nice paycheck, that is. Yeah. Uh, Let's let's look over. Let's let's zoom out for a second here. Um, This is a very interesting matchup for a lot of reasons. You have the whole storyline with LeBron, uh, you know, being a former Heat player and now the Heat getting into the finals and who do they have to go up against? They have to go up against LeBron. Um, so that that's an interesting story dynamic. But I think even the more interesting one is the fact that, all right, you got Jimmy Butler, who I love and I think you love too, Dan. Um, but as far as like name recognition, He's probably not one of the, like the top 10 players as far as what most people would consider to be the top 10 players in the NBA. Uh, so you don't have like that, you know, extreme high level superstar on the Miami Heat, but you have like a really solid team and we've seen it. Like, I mean, we, we called it weeks ago that Miami would be the dark horse. And they've proven that uh, because we were watching them have such great chemistry as a team. And then you look at the Lakers and it's like the total opposite of that. You know, Heat have no superstars or at least that like super elite superstar and, and really solid team. And then the Lakers have two incredible superstars. And then the rest of the lineup just, I mean, it really falls off there. Like there's no real reliable number three option. Um, So you got like basically like polar opposites of these two teams. Is that how Um, you see it, Dan? Yes. To your point, it is very different because all the other NBA finals have been superstars versus superstars. These super teams. But Mm -hmm. now this year you have a team with just good players in the Miami Heat. None of these guys are really any players that you would consider superstars. 
I mean, as much as we yeah. love Jimmy Butler, would we consider him a superstar? Probably not. At least as far as what the public would know, I would put him in my top 10 players just because he is that great two-way player and I love those high-intensity kind of guys. But as far as the public, you're right. Like, no no discernible superstar on that team. No, and I mean, maybe you have a budding superstar, which I think you do have a budding superstar in Bam Adebayo. And it also even looks like Tyler here Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to be learning that guy's name. And so I just think it's just going to be such a good matchup. Just in the sense that, you know, we don't go into this series with just thinking, oh, this team's going to win. Sort of like how we did the last few years with Golden State. It's like, oh, yeah, Golden State's going to win. Yeah, unfortunately. Now this year we walk in and we're just like... I have no, we don't know who's going to win. Like we, we just don't know because both of these teams, I think are very evenly matched. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, You know, a lot of people are just automatically saying that, Oh, the Lakers are going to win. Skip Bayless, who uh, I don't like, I, I think he's, I I I just don't like him. I'm not going to go into it. Uh, but he's he's saying LeBron has already won his fourth championship. Uh, so, like, a lot of people are just automatically thinking, well, the Lakers are the number one seed, so it'll take out the number five. Uh, but those people, I don't think, have been paying all that close attention to what Miami has done this whole playoff round. Or, I mean, uh, playoffs. Like, you got Miami sweeping... Indiana, who, I mean, like, yes, they didn't have Victor Oladipo. Um, so they weren't at full strength, but that's still pretty impressive. And then you've just watched them each round. They've shown, like, any any one of their players, whether it's Jimmy Buckets, whether it's Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic, like, any one of these guys can go off and score 20 plus any one of them. Uh, and then you look at the Lakers. Can you say the same thing? No, you can't because there's so many question marks after LeBron and AD. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like what they've shown is that LeBron and AD each have to score 30 plus uh, in order for their team to win. And then, you know, like your third best scorer, at least right now in the playoffs, I, I, I guess would have to be Rajon Rondo, which I think says right, everything. because Rajon Rondo has never really been known as a scorer anyways. No, he's a facilitator. And even at that, I mean, his prime was back in 2008. Right, that's 12 years ago already. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like your number three option. And then you got, you know, we've talked ad nauseum about Danny Green's uh, shooting woes and then Kyle Kuzma coming off the bench and unable to find his rhythm. Uh, We've seen some bright spots on the Lakers roster with uh, Caruso having a few good games 
and then Dwight Howard, especially uh, against Denver, being able to show that he still got, you know, uh, that that fire to be able to get some points, some rebounds, and, you know, impact the game. Um, but after AD and after LeBron, if you could shut one of those guys down, that is super troubling for the Lakers. It is. Um, and another point I want to bring up is, like, we saw in the – I think it was the Milwaukee series or and some in the Boston mm-hmm. series where the heat, when they double players, they hustle back. Like they just hustle all around the court. Yes. And that's what makes it better for them when they double players. So other players don't get open shots is because they hustle. They communicate well. They're all on the same page. Yep. And when you're playing against LeBron and AD, you're going to be doubling a lot. And so just the yeah. Heat's hustle and just the ability to get back and transition, the ability to get back to open shooters, I think that's going to be another key. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're right. Like, they, they did the whole build a wall against Giannis, and every time, like, if Giannis had the ball, he was double teamed immediately. And then as soon as he passed it out, that defender would run back to his guy. Uh, we saw it with, with Milwaukee, and we saw it against the Celtics. Whether it was Kemba Walker or Jason Tatum, if they were up at the top of the key, they were immediately double teamed. And then still, when they found that open man, they had that much hustle, that much grind for these Heat players to get back and defend their man. Like I, like we talked about it on the last podcast. Like, can can they do that for a whole series? And they proved that they could, both against Milwaukee and uh, against uh, the Boston Celtics. So I I don't think that they'll have any trouble with doing that against LeBron and AD. It's just will these superstars for the Lakers be able to overcome? Right. And that? another thing I just literally thought of. We saw in the last series, and just so far in these playoffs, the Heat have brought, have brought back the 2-3 zone. Like, where in the world has that been? But they yeah. have brought it back, and they're playing it so well. And they have shown yes, that. definitely. And since they can play it so well, they can play it against the Lakers. Because um, if you watch the Lakers, like I have this year, the biggest inconsistency with the Lakers – is shooting the ball from three. And when, obviously, you're playing against a zone, mm-hmm. there's going to be three-pointers that are opened up for you. Yeah. Yeah, but who's going to knock those down? Because it's not going to be, you know, at least he hasn't shown it in these playoffs. Uh, it's not going to be Danny Green. It's not going to be KCP. Uh, maybe it could be Markeith Morris. He's shown that he can he can make some threes. But then you look at the other team, and they're like three-point assassins. I mean, like someone timed it. And you know how people say you have to have 0.4 seconds to get a shot up. You know, people remember Derek Fish, uh, Fisher doing the, the 0.4 second shot for the Lakers back in the day. And then someone timed... Um, Austin Duncan 
Uh, Duncan Robinson. Or, yeah, Austin Duncan. <laughs> Someone timed uh, Duncan Robinson, and he got it in less than 0.4 seconds, getting a three up. Like, this guy can shoot like crazy, and he can do it so quickly that he doesn't need, like, any time to jack up a three. And then you look at Tyler Hero, and he can, I mean, game on the line. He's almost flawless. He's he's cold-blooded. And then, of course, you got Jimmy Buckets, who in the fourth quarter just goes to a different level. And, and Jay Crowder is making threes. I mean, that that's a scary matchup. Yeah, I think it is. And I think it's going to be a very exciting matchup to watch. Uh, let's let's talk about the, the coaching. Because, I mean, I let Frank Vogel have it. I ranted quite a bit, uh, both last episode and the episode before, uh, about Frank Vogel's coaching decisions. But, um, I mean, you got Eric Spolstra, who I know is your guy, going up against Frank Vogel. Who do you think is going to have the better? I think Eric Spolstra is just such a great coach. I mean, just obviously look at what he's done. If I could change my coach of the year pick, it would be Eric Spolster now. Just look at what he's done with this Heat team. Yeah. I mean, we all thought that going into the beginning of the NBA season, which seems years away now, but just what he's done with this team. Like, Jimmy Butler is really the only bona fide star on this whole team. And then you have old guys. Mm-hmm. And then you have guys who can shoot Basically. the ball well. And he's just taken this yeah. team, brought them together, and they're playing so well together. They have such great chemistry. And, man, when they get hot shooting the ball, they get hot, and it's scary. Yeah, they do. Yep, there's really no so stopping So I them. think that – Obviously, I think Eric Spolster is going to win the chess match between coaches. I mean, because mm-hmm. – and, and I mean, Frank Vogel's a good coach. He's not – Is he, though? I mean, he's not a bad is coach. He? But well, uh, he got I would, team I to would the finals, so I wouldn't necessarily say anyone that has led a team to their finals this year. That was because of his assistant coach. His assistant coach is fantastic. You know, the coach named uh, LeBron James. Also the GM as well. Yeah, he's got a lot of hats. Mostly to cover up uh, Well, spot. he needs to start wearing them. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's get into, like, I think you're right. Eric Spolstra will definitely get the better of Frank Vogel uh, probably nine out of ten times. Uh, but uh, hopefully it doesn't, you know, I'm speaking as a Lakers fan, um, but hopefully it doesn't get into that, you know, position where it becomes, cause that's really in those like really close games. Then it becomes, you know, what did the coach do or didn't do that caused them to either win or lose the game? Uh, so hopefully it won't get that close, but let's, let's get into our predictions and let's land this plane of a podcast. Um, you know, we got it. Got it going on tonight. So let's go with who do you think is going to win game one? I think one? the Heat will win game one. I just yeah. think that there's – the Heat have so much shooting. 
and just the amount of depth they have compared to the Lakers and not as many inconsistency problems, I got to go with the Heat. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, I'm not the greatest fan of LeBron James, but. <laughs> Listen, not. Um, I, I, hmm. I, I think I'm going to agree with you. I think I think Miami might take it tonight. And I don't want it to happen. Uh but we've they've shown it throughout the playoffs that uh they're ready to to come out and play hard. And the Lakers like they they dropped first game against the Trailblazers. Um they dropped a game in each of their series. Um but I I think I'm going to have to agree that Miami's going to win tonight. But let's get into the big prediction. Because I think the way it should go, we should have one more podcast before the end of the finals. Um, but just in case, let's give our predictions for who's going to win this thing. Uh, Lakers or Miami? Miami in how five. many games? Yep. Really? You. Wow. I'm going to write Miami it down, Dan. It's going to make it sound better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go another bold prediction. Uh, and everyone takes I'm going Lakers shot. in five. Now, right, basically. Um, but I've been saying it the whole time. If AD and LeBron can score 30-plus then it's in the bag. Uh, and I think that both of them, you know, they're so close to getting that championship that I think both of them will just go into that killer mentality because I believe that both those players have it. And I don't think they're going to stop and not get that 30 points. Now, there also is a thing that AD needs to rebound. He can't get two rebounds in a game like he did against Denver. If that happens, then Lakers can say goodbye to that Larry O'Brien trophy. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm going to pick the Lakers in five. Uh, but to those listening, first, we want to say thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, we would appreciate it if you uh, shared it with your friends. Uh, maybe go on Twitter and let us know that you you listen to the podcast. Give us some of that uh, self-gratification. <laughs> of knowing that people are listening. And until next time, we want our Sonics back. Go Heat.